Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. I said, are you currently getting calls from cannabis establishments that need help? And the lady that picked up my call, she's like, you know what? Let me tell you something. This industry needs you. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome. I am Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom Show. Welcome. So, Dave, I got some Canna yes. uh, law news I wanted to share. I wonder what you thought. Okay. Court is in order. So the <laughs> I just heard there's a new headline from the Marijuana Moment. It's from It says, the U.S. Supreme Court is asked to settle states' conflict on medical marijuana insurance reimbursements. So the issue is a conflict between Minnesota state law requiring employers to reimburse workers and, of course, the Controlled Substance Act. <laughs> so this is when people have, for medicinal purposes, and they're looking to get the meds covered by their insurance company, right? But it's a, so the, the law is it's actually the case is um, Musta versus Mendota Heights Dental Center, and it arises uh, a dispute over whether the Controlled Substance Act preempts a Minnesota state law requiring employers to reimburse workers for the cost of medical marijuana to treat a work-related injury. So there are two courts. They had differing opinions, and now they want to bring it up to the Supreme Court to decide which court is correct, because in theory, the Controlled Substance Act is now something no one wants to really re- enforce. 
but right. no one's really willing to take it away. So maybe this will end through the court system. Who knows? But can we count on this Supreme Court to be pro-cannabis? Everybody's pro-cannabis. <laughs> I don't know about this court. <laughs> uh, I, this court, it's, uh, it's got a stench. I agree. So I don't know. But there we are. Who knows if it'll get up there. But it's just, it's coming at it from all angles. Somehow we're going to get this controlled substance next repealed and create a situation where cannabis can thrive. And just one more other thing. I've been learning more about some trends in cannabis that I'd want to talk about when I like and when I don't before we get to today's guest. So yesterday I heard that due to COVID and sharing, like there's a big sharing culture in cannabis, right, Dave? Of course. Of course. Pass, um, pass the duchy <laughs> by the left-hand side, right? Yes. So people don't want to pass anymore. So <laughs> small, um, small joints, multi-pack, small joints are like a thing now because you can have like a little pack of small joints with you and share them with your friend instead of sharing one big doobie. So that's an interesting change. A small, small pack. So is each joint smaller than a typical joint? Yeah, like I've seen them. Joints? There's a couple. They're called, I've seen a company out here, they have called dog walkers and they're like half rams. Maybe they're pretty small. They're little. Yeah. But they have the know. little plastic thing on the end though. Right. Cause otherwise you're going to burn your fingers pretty quickly. Oh, with yeah. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Half of it is a filter, but you know, so it's a little joint that instead of everyone passing, everyone has their own. It's very, I think it's very civilized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cool. I mean, you can't with an, with edible brownies, you can cut up and share, but for the joints different. So yeah, that's true. All right. So that's one like thing I like, um, but the joints are getting smaller, but the vape cartridges, people are getting bigger and people like disposable vapes. That is a huge trend. Mm. That is so bad. Why is it bad? Why is it bad? <laughs> it's just, okay. So I don't mind vapes. I mean, I thought my favorite, but usually mm. you have a battery and then right. you keep replacing the cartridge. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure oh, you're saying for the, don't, you don't like what it does for the environment. I don't like what it does for the environment. So yep. this is bad enough, but now like the whole mechanism is disposable. Yeah. I uh, just don't know. I know. Mm. Yeah. That's a lot of plastic. A lot of plastic. So I was going to just recommend what I like. So I'm not really a big vapor. Again, I do have it for emergencies. I carry it around in my little cigarette case that I got from my mother-in-law. Regular vape pen. But I also have a flower vape that's very small, people, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. It, it's called it's called the G-Pen. It's mm-hmm. about, I don't know, two and a half inches tall. It's not very wide. And you put the flower in the top. It's like a one-hitter almost right. for vaping. And it seems it's a little pricey to invest in, but it's better than buying you all those little it, tiny things. You mean that's for dry leaf vaping? Yeah, you can put oh. a flower. Yeah, flower, uh, dry leaf. Yep. You put it in here instead of the oil, and it's a vape instead of a burning. It, right, but it, it does burn the, the the weed, right? It burns the leaves that you put in. But it does. It, it's a different kind of, I can't explain it probably different correctly. Different kind of process. But when, okay. when, you, when, you, when you catch it on fire, it's actually probably a little too hot. It's actually bad for the flower. It, uh, decreases some of the terpenes and the profiles and the good stuff about the flower. Mm-hmm. This is a much more gentle way of consuming it. And I've actually, a lot of doctors talk about this for patients and you can dose it a little bit easier too. So I should try that. Cause I had one of the, the old kind of one of the, I think it was kind of one of the first models of the dry leaf vape and you had to wait for it to warm up. And then it really only gave you a couple of drags and then you had to, then it was all burned and ashes in there. So it sounds yeah. like this is better. Oh, the technology. I mean, yeah. I, again, like the metaverse. This is another thing in cannabis. So I'm not a gamer. I'm not in the metaverse. Are you in the metaverse? I'm on Facebook. Does that mean I'm on the metaverse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So the metaverse and cannabis are connecting. Apparently, you can like go to a metaverse store now and get real cannabis delivered to you. I just heard this on hmm. my clubhouse room. So the worlds are colliding. But yeah, so the G-Pen, this is, this, uh, they're a company. They have lots of different uh, models, bigger, smaller. But I'm like this. The Pax is another popular brand. But People, if you're out there, I don't, vaping is 
I think for consuming, it's a great idea, but throwing out that plastic waste scares me. And we should be better for the environment. That's yeah, the idea. Buy, you have to build. Buy the oil, right? When you go to the dispensary, you buy the, the vape oil, right? You buy the little, well, you can buy the cartridges or you can right. buy wax. I don't know. People can vape in all different ways, but right. just throwing away lots of plastic makes me sad, but we can get onto that later. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's my environmental world for today. That's what I'm talking about. By but the way, I was, I was, I was trying to before we get to the guest, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. He's probably cannabis friendly. I mean, he had all that fun in college, right? Come on. I mean, Clarence Thomas Come could on, be Jeff. growing. You know, could be growing at home. Who knows? People have all sorts <laughs> of secret lives. Maybe that's why he never talks. He's always high. <laughs> that's probably it. Yes, it would, exp- <laughs> it would explain some of the strange things he said to Anita. What was her name? Anita Hill. Anita Hill. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's a good theory. Let's go with it. So solving all the world's problems on the Cannabis Show. All right. We are a law show. We are a cannabis show. All right. So let's talk about cannabis and my guest. So my guest today is joining us from Las Vegas, Nevada, where she founded her groundbreaking cannabis staffing firm, Trim for Staffing Solutions. Trim for Staffing Solutions is the first staffing agency in Las Vegas to specialize in the cannabis industry. Today's guest has more than 20 years of staffing experience and is a hardworking, pioneering mom in the cannabis industry. Please welcome to the Kind of Mom Show, Holly Cowden, founder and managing partner of Trim for Staffing. Welcome. Thank you, Joyce. I appreciate the warm welcome. Thanks for joining us. It looks sunny out there in Vegas. It is. We actually had a few sprinkles yesterday and and nobody knew how to drive. (laughs) different parts of the world different parts yes. of the world <laughs> all right so you're out there in Vegas let's just start with your personal story and then we can get to your professional world so yeah. just tell a little bit of how people how you grew up what your family was like I know you had some sisters this wasn't necessarily part of your life ex- expectations <laughs> but let's just try to start at the beginning of course no problem so I I grew up in a biracial family my father is Chamorro he's from the island of Guam my mother's Dutch I have two sisters. I'm the youngest of three girls. And early years, we grew up in Long Beach and right outside of LA. And then our parents divorced and we moved to um, Orange County. And it was during my late high school years going into college, my sisters both took jobs working for uh, staffing agencies and they were competitors. So it became a duel between the two of them of who was going to send me to work first. That's that's, funny. Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of how my, my first steps in the staffing industry began. As soon as I could drive and get to a job, they were sending me out to every job you can think of from working in warehouses, working for law firms. I, I feel like I, I, I've done it all. <laughs> and, and just the staffing from just like, I, I, I'm not that familiar with the model and why it's so great for people, maybe a young person, especially that's how you got into this. So just, I don't know, just kind of talk about what, what did you think was going to happen when you started working in this industry and why your sister sort of dragged you in? Well, what was wonderful about it is that it gives you an opportunity to try something um, new or mm-hmm. to learn a, a new experience and get your foot in the door and for a young person, it, it's a, a great step to start a, a career path and get that work experience under your feet. So it, it really helped me um, in years to come. I had that experience of how to prepare for a job, the logistics of, of getting to a job and knowing what to expect and how to prepare. 
and lots of different experience. I do. That's yeah. I definitely agree. It's true. All right. So that's the beginning. Was there any cannabis in the beginning, or is this really we're talking about staffing? <laughs> No, no, this is in the 90s. So no, this was just warehouse jobs and trying different clerical jobs. And yeah, cannabis was not even in the mind at that time of of my career. Okay, Uh, so how did so how did you get from how did you get from staffing? And how did the cannabis staffing come into your mind? Was there? How did you even know there was a need? How did you find that out? And how did you get to that point? Yeah. Well, what happened is I flash forward a few years, I got married very young. I got mm-hmm. divorced young. I had two small babies at home. And at that point, it was like, okay, now what am I going to do with my life here? I have two children I, I have to take care of. So my sisters actually had told me, they're like, look, you should look into really working in staffing, but on the sales side. And, and so I did. And I started my career as a, an account executive, putting together staffing solutions for light industrial logistics companies as well as agriculture. Hmm. So I was working with tomato farmers, cucumber farmers in California. And then 20 years ago, I moved to Vegas. Okay. I picked up my two little babies and I said, we're moving to Vegas. Okay. (laughs) I, I found an opportunity and I felt it was more affordable for me at the time. So we moved here and my career really took off. But in 2008, I, I realized what I want to serve our community better. I know there's different ways of working and I really want to focus on helping women and minorities find employment opportunities. And I knew I, I could do better at that. So I started my staffing agency in 2008, which um, is a, a light industrial staffing agency. And we we're doing really well. And then here comes the cannabis industry. Uh-huh. <laughs> I started hearing about 2016, 2016, that recreational cannabis was going to be legalized in 2017. So definitely piqued my interest. And I started thinking, you know what, I've got to find a way to see what this is about and to see if we can help people find jobs in cannabis in an industry that in staffing wise really didn't exist. And it's, um, and it's complicated. And can I just kind yeah. of go back with your own personal sure. connection? Did you have a relationship with cannabis? Is it something you consume? Were you afraid <laughs> of it? Did your parents hate you for doing this? Like, where were you? Oh, where would your wow. I, well, growing up in Orange County, I mean, it was, it was everywhere. I mean, okay. my friend smoked, I smoked. I mean, but we used to roll a doobie. <laughs> yeah. Now there's all kinds of options. <laughs> my vape pens, I got yeah. my... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's a little more convenient these days. But yes, I, I definitely partaked in my in my youth and I found it helped me. I'm someone that's always suffered from anxiety. And just I mean, I, this isn't a, a medical advice or anything, but it just did. It, it helped me. So I always had a love for it. And I felt there was a value in helping me in my in my personal life. So yeah, I always had a great relationship with cannabis. I do come from a very conservative family. So. Okay. It wasn't out in the open, Joyce. Okay. All right. So this is a typical story. Although sometimes yeah. people, I'm surprised actually, because I'm in Massachusetts, the East Coast, we seem to be in a different world than the California people. Mm-hmm. But all these women in the industry who grew up with a family member who was a regular consumer for whatever issue, but they were going to school during the DARE program mm-hmm. and they were hearing the horrible, scary, awful messages and didn't know what to think about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you were part of that problem too, but 
but the idea that your loved one at home is using this product and at school they're telling you they use a drug and put your hand on a fire and like kill yourself I I don't know it's like a big mind game yeah oh absolutely my son at eight years old he came home and said mama you better throw all your wine and he went through the house and started saying I went through dare and he had a certificate and I'm like hmm we need Still to have it. a talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So that's your person. Okay. So let's stay in the business. We can talk more family later, but sure. all right. So you're there. You can see that the cannabis industry is starting. It's new. This is kind of my story. It's oh, yeah. new. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. And you get to kind of make the rules too. And the rules are really crazy. So yes. what was it about it that appealed to you? And we could talk a little bit later about why it is so ridiculously hard. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I was keeping my eye on the industry because I thought, look, we've been So we've been providing jobs for people, trimming tomatoes and cucumbers. And I thought, you know what, this is an opportunity for people to get into an industry and grow with the industry that's um, evolving and changing. And so I started to just talk to people, research. I Googled everything I could Google. And I came across this guy named Drew Genuso. He owns a company called Trim Ready. And I'm like, that's a cool name. I wonder Mm -hmm. what he does over there. (laughs) So I just called him up. I'm like, hey, Drew, you don't know me, but I'm interested in what you're doing over there. Do you mind if I stop by? And he said, you know what? Come on over. I'd love to talk with you. So I drive over there and he probably spent a good hour and a half with me. His business was an educational business where he would teach people from seed to sell and everything in between and how to get their license. And so, yeah, he really told me about the licensing and gave me some direction where, I mean, there was no manual anywhere. I did not have any clue where to start. So he was wonderful and and definitely helped me pave the the road. That's lucky. I mean, you're sort of, so you're almost the next, I talked to, I talked to a lot of ladies who are, they want to be the person they didn't have. That's why they're in the industry, but you actually had someone to help guide you a little bit. That's great. I did. And matter of fact, I asked him, I said, what do you feel is the best place to start? And he said, come to one of my courses. So I go back to my office and I tell all my recruiters, I said, Hey, guess what? We're going to go to a, a trim party <laughs> and oh. course. And they, and they were. Like, well, they looked at me like, I mean, cause they're all in their twenties. They're like, is this a trick? Oh, <laughs> like, oh that's they, true. Yeah. They really <laughs> thought I was drug test us and kick us out later. <laughs> yeah. They thought I was joking. They really did. I said, no, I'm not kidding. I really want to diversify our business and I want to see what we can do to help the cannabis industry here. Because at the time the, the state had given out 200 licenses for growers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, they're going to need help finding people because there's nobody here that has that experience. Right. So, so I said, let's go. So we went, the next course he had was on a Saturday. We all met there. How How many people did you bring with you? I brought six, six people. I brought recruiters to payroll to everybody. I'm like, if we're going to staff this industry, we need to know what it's like to touch cannabis to trim it the utensils that you know that they use what it smells like what it feels like we have to know what's expected in order oh my god holly that's such a great way to treat your employees again i keep hoping that women are going to create a new 
business model, a new way to interact with people on a business level. And this is the idea that you are bringing your staff who, <laughs> to a place where they're going to have a relationship with the plant, which is so literally important. But who else would think of that? That's fabulous. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. It was exciting. And we had the best time. We really, really did. And we walked out of there just floating. I mean, we were just floating with excitement. We were so happy that we knew we were onto something that we were ready to make a difference and, and help people in our community. We knew we were just that close. So the next step is I called the department of labor mm-hmm. and I said, this is a, an idea I have. Are you currently working or getting calls from cannabis establishments that need help? And the lady that picked up my call, she was, you know what? Let me tell you something. She goes, this industry needs you. Ah, what year was this? This was 2017, early uh, on. All right, yeah. She said, this industry needs you. And the reason why is because a lot of growers came in here, they're experts at what they do. She said, but we're missing something here with the human resource side, with the workers' comp side, with all that goes on behind the scenes, administrative-wise. And she said, we filled a lot of questions every day. And she goes, so I think your business is, is going to be a, a great added value to this industry. Wow. So I, was like, so I was like, yay. I mean, then I'm really, really getting excited. So <laughs> like, okay. So then I had to apply for a license. I okay. already have a staffing agency, but because of the laws and regulations and the unknown I'm like, okay, I guess I better go see what this is about. So I, I go down to the county, to the county office there for the licensing. And I walk in, Joyce, and there's one lady that worked at the counter in customer service that she's like, how can I help you? I'm like, I'm here to apply for a staffing license. And she goes, what do you get a staff? And I said, marijuana establishments. <laughs> she just looked at me and she's like, what? (laughs) And I said, yes, I go, we want to help people get an opportunity to work with all these growers. We have all these marijuana establishments that are opening up and they're going to need people to work there. And she's like, hold on a minute. (laughs) Were you like wearing your suit, your power suit and your briefcase? You're like, I am here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was shaking. I brought a friend with me and she goes, man, I hope we don't get arrested. And we were both scared. We're like, what are we doing? And she comes back and she goes, you know what? This is great. She goes, here's your license. Like she's and you're the first. And I oh said, wow, really? I go because I've kind of seen there's some other staffing agencies. She goes, no, 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 you're the first. And we just went, wow, <laughs> wow, yes, exactly. We we were just walking out of there, just high fiving. So that's yeah. all right. That's, so all right. So everything in cannabis, everything in cannabis is specialized not only by state because it's all state specific, by locality, and the business aspects are really complicated because. The federal, which is kind of what we we're talking about before, the federal yeah. rules and the state rules and the local rules do not align in any way, shape, or form. So everybody's making up their own stuff. So you're starting a new agency. You're almost you're starting a whole new kind of agency because yeah. the staffing is probably very complicated for, yes. for who can actually work in these industries. Like I can't even imagine. I mean, there's there's so many regulations that don't even make sense. <laughs> And a lot of them didn't make sense to us. I would send our attorney just questions and he would come back with statues 
got all kinds of stuff highlighted and I'm like, help me understand that. And he's like, Holly, it's still very evolving and complicated. He said, yeah. let's just take it one step at a time and let's just do what you do best and start where you feel comfortable. And, and he goes, I would really caution putting together a one size fit all uh, type of business model, because he said, I can see you're going to run into every establishment is going to be different because mm-hmm. everyone's still trying to figure out the rules. <laughs> so that's kind of what the issue is in every part of this. So it's the same thing in staffing. So this is 2017, right? Yeah. Yes. And also the rules keep changing, which people don't recognize that they're constantly changing and they, the pandemic must've been a big upheaval. I mean, I know in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. we went from having medical establishments, which had no, literally no signage to get into it. You had to show two IDs to get into a comp- entranceway where there was security and a staffing person, then you could go into the dispensary. During the pandemic, you could order online and they would throw it into your car. So that (laughs) (laughs) they still do that here. They still throw it in your car. (laughs) But you know what I mean? It went from like it is still treated like plutonium. Those workers have to be very careful with each step to changing the steps overnight really radically. So this has been a lot for people hiring people and the people working there, right? Oh, wow. We've had so many hurdles, roadblocks, dead ends. I mean, it's it's quite the challenge. And that's why I just kept telling myself in the beginning, I'm going to get knocked down. We just got to keep getting back up. And it started with workers comp. I couldn't find workers comp anywhere in 2017. I called and I mean, I felt like I actually called- back up a little bit. Were you able to get a bank for your cannabis staffing agency? Well, that's the one area I kind of keep close to my heart since everyone does it differently. And that's always evolving and changing. Yeah. That was a big, that was a big issue because that's a huge issue. Yeah. There was a credit union I I was told to go to. And as soon as I got there, they locked the door. They're like, we're closing down. I'm trying to open the business. (laughs) They said, we, we no longer can, can help that industry. And I was like, wow, literally the day I drove down there, they shut the door. So that's how wild it's, it's been like the wild west, but yeah. So banking's been an issue workers comp, but I finally found someone to help us uh, write a policy, give us a policy. I mean, I know risk management. I've been talking to quite a few risk management people lately. Again, I talk about the boring industries of cannabis that have to exist or you can't have a business. I mean, how are we supposed to make money if you can't have a bank account? I can't, I still cannot get my head around this. Right. <laughs> so no, and it um, didn't make sense, Joyce. Think about it. If we're going to be employing thousands of people to work in these businesses, we have to protect these workers. Exactly. And, and that was like mind blowing to me that people would say, oh, there's too much risk involved. I'm like, are you kidding me? In my other business, I have people going up on reach trucks, lifting thousands and thousands of pounds of, of, of very fragile merchandise and, and dangerous positions of working machinery and all that kind of stuff. And we have workers come for that. We have people using these little tiny utensils, <laughs> trimming. <laughs> so I just, I couldn't understand that. And that was a really big issue initially, but we worked through that. But again, it's just the idea that you were the first. People hadn't seen it before. Humans are afraid of change. But they be- We believe what we believe. Our brains are kind of calcified at a certain age and it's hard to open us up, which is kind of what cannabis and psychedelics are doing. I think that's really what the purpose of it is at this point. And that you had to be persistent and you didn't give up. I mean, again, the women in this industry who stay in it, 
uh, this it's the persistence that always amazes me because it just like you're hitting your head against a rock constantly but you know you're going to get through because you guys are evangelized i mean just because the power of it i think that's what i've noticed yeah well and what was really exciting is our first two clients are women-owned businesses one owns the largest greenhouse producer in the state of Nevada, and the other one owns a more boutique style facility. And it's really cool. We, we definitely encourage and empower each other. And it's been a great ride. And then I joined the Chamber of Cannabis. Oh, good. Is, yeah, that's been really helpful. So, but yeah. so again, then it's these businesses that are building. So you're staffing everything. So what are the, what are the businesses you're trying to staff in cannabis in Nevada? Well, in Nevada, there's four licenses that you have to obtain and qualify in order to work in a marijuana establishment. And that would be a cultivation agent card, production agent card, a laboratory agent card, or dispensary. We decided to focus our business on on just cultivation and production because it's what we know best. Mm -hmm. And um, we felt that we could train and, and, and get I, I think a large workforce in that area first. So that's where we concentrated our efforts. So you have to obtain that agent card. You have to be 21 years of age. You can't owe any child support. So no back old child support, which is, is a good thing. And it, it, the thing that was really frustrating about the agent card process is it's cost. It's, it's very costly. And for people that are looking for a job, that's, that's a sacrifice. Exactly. Uh, it's, and it's, and people, and I know you're not doing labs, but I know that I talked to scientists and they're saying that if they want to be in these labs, they're actually taking a pay cut mm-hmm. and they're taking a reputation hit. So again, everyone thinks they're going into cannabis, they're going to get rich, but it's a lot of it's a passion and a lot of it is opportunity. I mean, generational wealth is really what I keep thinking about and hoping for, especially for women. It's an interesting industry to get into. So, so the people who want to work mm-hmm. as trimmers have to get a card to work <laughs> like a- <laughs> They do. They have to get an agent card. And once they obtain that agent card, depending on which agent card that they receive is the area, the department that they can work in. So, so the state, the state or city, this is a statewide, this is state, statewide okay. in Nevada. So, and then also city, like the city of North Las Vegas, you also have to get a work card on top of the agent card. So mm. they don't make it easy. And are the facilities who need the workers are they paying for these cards or they're expecting each individual to get their own well that has changed and evolved initially i would say up through 2016 going into 2017 the establishments would uh, provide the agent cards and then they could revoke the agent card if that employee didn't meet their their standards and Hmm. so that became a big issue because Sometimes an employee would pay for the card and be like, well, hold on a minute. I just paid for this card and spent my hard-earned money. And just because I didn't work at a certain level, you're going to take my card away. So that created a lot of problems before I got into the industry, but I did hear a lot of the horror stories. So thankfully, our state wisened up and thought, but if someone qualifies for an agent card, they can keep their card. (laughs) So that's helpful now. That's interesting. I don't, I guess I don't know how it works here in Massachusetts. All right. So if someone wants to, so if someone wants to get a job in cannabis and they want to work in cultivation, do they approach you or are you, how you, how does this work for you? And how does it work for the people in Nevada looking to work in cultivation? 
Well, right now, our clients that we work with, they will send people to us. They'll say, we use a staffing agency, give Trimforce a call. They call us or we'll set an appointment. We'll have them come in. They'll meet with the recruiter. And we work with them from beginning to end how to obtain their card. We walk them through the process. And in Nevada, you have to go through the Cannabis Compliance Board website. It's regulated by the Department of Taxation. And way back when, there was only one lady wow. in the department here in Clark County. Sweet lady. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, they've got more people working in there now. But so people apply for that license. They get the license. They come back to us and they say, hey, I got my cultivation card. I'm ready. So that's when we dispatch them. We'll, we'll send them on an assignment to one of our establishments that we work with. And a lot of them are long-term assignments. They're working full-time. And they're really excited because they're, they're learning. A lot of them are learning a new uh, job for the first time, mm. a new skill and, set. Who, who's like, who's coming into, who's coming into cultivation? Who do you see coming in and interested in this work? I love this question. We see everybody. Nice. <laughs> we see grandmas, literally, this is mm-hmm. no joke. Grandmas with their grandchildren that are 21 years in age of old and older. We have stay-at-home moms that are coming back into the workforce. We've had teachers, we've had bartenders and people that worked on the strip. When the strip shut down, tens of thousands of people out of work for a year. So we've, we even had a chef come to one of our hiring events. He was like a really, really a big chef at one of the hotels. And he just said, listen, I've been in working in hospitality for 30 years and I need to reinvent my life. And he got his cultivation license and we send him to work. I hadn't even thought of that. My God. Yeah. So this could be a big transition for people who came to Las Vegas and worked in one industry because it opened their eyes to something that was a little bit different. It's still part of the hospitality at some point, at some level. And it's, that's interesting. So this back to the, what do people like about it? Is it because of the plant? Is it because it's sort of like hanging out with plants all day? Is it the opportunity just to be connected to cannabis? Like, what do you see people What's their motivation? Do you think? It's, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, yeah. I would say most people that come to us are just have that curiosity. They mm-hmm. maybe have always had a love for cannabis as far as recreational use. And they've just thought, you know, what? I've been in this stressful job working behind a desk. I want to try something new. Mm-hmm. And, and that usually is the feedback we get. People want to try something new and they're curious. You have to be open-minded. All right. So I keep hearing that people can't find people to work for them. Although my friends out here who are paying well aren't having trouble, just FYI. So <laughs> what, what are you seeing in the cannabis world? Are they having trouble finding people for the dispensaries, for the grow, or just the whole industry? What's it going, what's going on? Out there? I really can't say what the pulse is for the dispensaries. I will say for the marijuana establishments, it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster. In the beginning, it was that log jam because of the licensing, and we got through that. And before the pandemic hit, we were really rolling because the Department of Taxation had staffed the more personnel, so they were able to distribute a lot more licensing. So we were able to staff a lot quicker, but when the pandemic hit, it just got really tough. I think people had to stay home with their children and they started to get maybe used to being more involved with their children, with their education. And so I haven't really seen 
uh, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the, the women that work for us coming back as quick. Mm, that's interesting. I would imagine that. I mean, I, that's sort of my story. I'm like, my mom, my kids are in the twenties now, but that was the issue. Like I had to be in the office. So I kept dropping out of whatever work. And now I could have done the entire job virtually, but trimming a plant, you can't do virtually. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so that's, that's my honest take on that. I mean, I'm seeing some, some life here. I mean, the last month, it seems like we're starting to pick back up and we're seeing more people come through the door, but it has been a struggle. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. I do feel it's an industry that's going to recover quicker than the hospitality industry and some of the other industries. Interesting. Yeah, because dispensaries, I give them so much credit. They got real creative during the shutdown. Real uh-huh. creative. They started drive-throughs. Yep. <laughs> and Del- delivery re- to your door. Delivery to your door. <laughs> All of that. So they and, and the world and the world of work changed really quickly, which you're in the work of world of work. But let's go back to Las Vegas because um just like the city. So I keep hearing that maybe Las Vegas is going to be the Amsterdam of America, maybe West Hollywood, who seems to be wanting to do it more. Like, what do you see going on out there? Like, are there going to be um, cannabis consumption lounges? Like, I don't understand why we can't smoke anywhere yet. I was in Reno, Nevada in September. We went to an event, but you couldn't consume. So we're still in the back behind the hotel like we're in high school or something. It was ridiculous. (laughs) I, oh. I feel these hotels are definitely on board and there's okay. some licensing that I, I've heard that's going to be distributed out and, and we're going to start to see those lounges open up. It's going to get real popular real quick. <laughs> All right. So your prediction? That's my prediction. I'd say probably within the next year or two, we're going to see them popping up everywhere. Okay. Finally, someplace to smoke your pot and yes. um, just go back to your momness. So your boys are, how old are they now? They're 25 and 26. Okay. And are they connected to the cannabis industry or your business at all? Yes, actually. One of my sons, my older son, he worked uh, for one of my clients for a time and he worked in production. He loved to put together the pre-rolls. Yeah, he he really enjoyed that. And uh, he did an excellent job. He really enjoys the cannabis industry. So are you the coolest mom because you're in it? Like, what did they think growing up? What did they think about cannabis or you or all that stuff that you were doing? Do they know about cannabis growing up? Um, it's funny because they laugh now. They're like, mom, you were so anti this, anti that. And I'm like, no, I wasn't anti. What I was is let's wait till you're an adult. Like most moms, I just felt like I didn't want you to get too involved with anything to where you weren't an adult to make a better decision for yourself. And so that's it. I was never against it. And now they find it, you know, pretty interesting that I am involved in cannabis. And so they have a a much better understanding of where I was coming from at the time. It's just a mother's love. I'm like, there's plenty of time for that as you get older, which I'm sure they were smoking, but that's okay. <laughs> so when they, so they're growing. So my kids were in college during the pandemic. So they actually had to come home. And I have this whole thing that I'd much rather be in quarantine with a stoner than a drinker. Now cannabis was <laughs> essential out here in Massachusetts, which who knew that was going to happen. And before they came home as evacuees, I ran around like picking up tinctures and cells and flour, and I stocked the house because I didn't know it was going to happen. And right. when they showed up, they were like, "Mom." There's no alcohol. I'm like, I know, but we have cannabis everywhere in every form. (laughs) (laughs) And we got through the pandemic. It was good. They were in their 20s. We had a whole new relationship. I just felt like it um, 
it was an interesting thing for them to see me because I always say that cannabis isn't my natural habitat. This isn't something they grow up around. And now I have my entire back porch as a cannabis bar. So I really... <laughs> I just, the adult relationship with the parent who's in the industry, I think is interesting. And the kids, I'm sure you've met them. The kids who are young now, whose parents are in the industry, they know all about this plant. They do. They really do. And, and they it, can't be scared. Like the, like back to the deer, they can't be scared by the people who are coming in and telling them things that aren't true. They're actually, they're helping to crush the narrative around it too. I mean, to crush the bad stories. Right. Yeah. And, and, and my older son, he went through an opioid addiction from an injury okay. wow. and that's where you know him and I started having some really honest candid conversations with each other and he knows how I feel about cannabis and I just I'm proud of him he's been through a lot and he understands he 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 feels you know that cannabis is is definitely a, a safer alternative than what some doctors I mean I know there's a lot of great doctors but you know, when you give young people painkillers, there's there's a potential for a problem there. And so. we do talk about this, that cannabis is not a gateway drug. It's an off-ramp drug. And we keep hearing stories about people who are replacing their medications because their systems are balanced by using the cannabis rather than the prescription medications that we are so used to. And again, cannabis doesn't solve every problem. I talk like it does, but I know it really doesn't. But I do know that again, like this is a good, this is again, another story. It has to be part of our medicine cabinet. It has to be an option. It can't be all, but these stories are over, over again about it's the last resort that people get to. Cause those are the stories we hear about. Right. right. And it just shouldn't be that way anymore. And it's kind of, I'm in this, I, a book came out this week. It's called courage and cannabis. It's an anthology of 18 stories. One of the stories is mine, but the stories also are of women like a woman in Texas who was on so many medications, she thought she was going to die. People said she was going to die. And again, she found cannabis as a very last resort. She was a mother of older children. They couldn't believe this. And now she's, if you saw her, she looks perfectly. She has bad days and good days, but she looks beautiful and she looks healthy. And she is out evangelizing about this plant because she's experienced it, right? So we've seen this over and over again. And so again, cannabis, (laughs) it's, you can work in it, you can smoke it. You can vape it. (laughs) You can eat it. You can eat it. You can sleep in it. You can do anything. Wear it. Oh my God. All right. Our time is just about up. So what's coming up for 2022? Do you see anything changing in Vegas that you're going to be involved with for staffing or growing or any kind of events? Well, I I definitely want to participate more and get more involved with the Cannabis Chamber. They're doing some really, really great things. They're bringing in some amazing guest speakers. I had the privilege. I was so excited. I got to hear Ricky Williams, the former NFL football star that was literally kicked out of the NFL Mm -hmm. for testing positive for marijuana. And his story was phenomenal. So they're doing great things at the Chamber. So I hope to get I'm more involved with that. And we're always looking for expansion and and to work with more cultivators out there and bring as many people into this workforce and and just help them find a way to a new career path. I love that. And it's great for ladies my age and older. I know we're kidding, but I have a friend of mine. That's how she, she's a lawyer who dropped, dropped out, but she took some time off and she worked as a trimmer in a dispensary. And now she works in the industry. She worked her way up. And again, you, have, you don't want to start at the top. The guys who are like putting millions of dollars into this industry and have never smoked a joint, please go away. You should be starting. Do you know what I mean? Start 
with the plant, touch the plant, know what she is because she's a caregiver. And if we want to build an industry in her image, we have to know who she is, correct? Absolutely. All right, Holly, how do people get in touch with you if they want to reach you? Best way to reach me is send me an email. I'm checking my emails all the time. So you can reach me at holly at trimforstaffing.com. You can get on our website at trimforstaffing.com. I'm on LinkedIn and I look forward to talking to everyone. Excellent. And it'll be in the notes because it's always in the notes. All right. Thank you, Holly Cowden, for joining us today. I love talking with you. This is great. I'm glad we could have the whole 45 minutes to ourselves. I no know. Thank you, Joyce, <laughs> and best of luck with your podcast. It's wonderful and all the work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So that's another show. So for my guest and my Canna bro, David Jazz, we had a little legal talk today yeah. in our Canna Mom Show team. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canna Mom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one Canna story at a time. Thank you for following and sharing and reviewing all the inspiring can stories of the women building this new industry. So together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregiving. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.